Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Season 2 of Men's Seats Exposed. We are going to go deep into questions, answers, and we're going to warn you that a lot of these episodes are going to be 18 and up because we have a lot more questions this season for Season 2 that are going to be sexually related and a lot of confessions that are going to be private. Enjoy this new season of Men's Secrets Exposed, season number two. New show, a new episode of Men's Secrets Exposed. I am your host, comedy magician Dwayne Hill. We are taping during the quarantine lockdown time. I'm not sure exactly when this is going to air, but just kind of giving you all heads up. Doing the best we can. I want to catch as many episodes up as possible. Um, I like to have so many taped in a pipeline so that way you all, you know, there's no lag. You can always, every week there's going to be a new one drop. So um, what I wanted to do with this new season was I wanted to have more experts on. And we're going to still have fun, still have some laughs. But I wanted to reach out and I was very fortunate to connect with Linda Curtin uh, via LinkedIn. She was very nice and hospitable with her replies. And we're going to have her on as a special guest. She is a matchmaker and and dating expert. So, Miss Linda, I'd like to welcome you to the show and I'm going to have you take it away. Great. Thank you so much, Dwayne. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, My background is I'm a degree in social work and years of matchmaking and my passion is dating. Okay. Awesome. So when you have worked, you work with, I guess, men and women? Yeah. Who comes to you more, men or women? Cody. More women, honestly. Really? Okay. Probably, it, yeah, it's probably 60%, 5% women. Now, do they come to you because they, like, you know, are looking for the one, or they come to you because they got some stuff they got to work on themselves? They usually come because they have some stuff to work on, but they don't come knowing that. Real? Okay. <laughs> they come wanting to find the one, and then as we delve into it, we're finding out what's been a barrier to doing and so. How do they take that when you get into, when you start pointing out? Um... Uh, it, it could go either way. There's some who are receptive and grateful for it, and they apply it. And they find success, and then there's others who are a little more resistant to it and not open to hearing it. Really? And how do you deal? How do you deal with that? With the people that are like, say, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. But it's all, it's yeah, all them. It's all them. With men and women, I find you know that same population is either gender. Uh huh. And um, I have to just kind of be gentle about it because we can't know what we don't know. Right. As people, as people. So the initial introduction of something that somebody maybe never even considered is a little hard to hear, just like rejection in the dating world is is hard to hear. Mm -hmm. But the person who is more emotionally ready for change and to find the success, I feel, are more responsive to it. But if you're in a fragile place, you've had multiple breakups back-to-back, and you just haven't got your courage and your focus and your energy back towards it, then that may be a time just to work on yourself before you engage in coaching or anything of a dating life. Mm. Okay. So um, when we were talking pre-show before we start recording, um, you know, you were talking about challenges and relationships. So let's start off with the basic question. What do you think is the biggest problem or one of the biggest challenges that actually go on in relationships? I think it comes down to people not being on the same page 
and making assumptions rather than discussing what their intentions or their desires or their goals are, relationally speaking. Um, that can happen with the way they communicate with each other. That can happen in a commitment timeline. Um, people will get caught up in the fun and the excitement and, you know, the good feelings that come when you're initially meeting somebody and you have all this potential right before you and you want to ha maintain a level of romance. You don't want it to be like laying out your parameters for this potential relationship too early because that's kind of a mood killer as uh -huh. well. But I feel that people are too scared of expressing what they need and setting their own personal boundaries that they'll just kind of roll with it until they come crashing, you know, into an obvious problem. And by then, there could be a lot invested, a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. And then the, the result is a bigger issue than it needed to be had it kind of been laid out in the beginning. Yeah, this was brought up in another show we taped about, you know, how soon is too soon to bring up, like, deal breakers and um, things like that. I, I mean, I don't know. I, th I think a lot of men would be better or would feel better off, just honestly, just right as soon as you really just come out of the gate. Just what's, what's, what are you, what's the deal? What are you looking for? What are your expectations? And that, you know, doesn't have that misstep of, well, you know, he thought she was a booty call, but she thought it was going to be something serious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is there, what's the timeline there? I mean, well, how quick do you get into that? Should you get, should you get on that, get into that on the first date? No, I don't think the first date, you know, I, I, I feel like that's like a third or fourth date kind of conversation. And I don't think it should be an all at once, like, boom, in your face, here's my checklist. I think it needs to be over the course of those first three or four days. And I personally think it needs to be before the booty call part comes into play. Mm. Because now you've just clouded the waters with all of you know the feelings that go with that. That can be a false connection, not a real connection. And then you're set up for more heartache once that's come into play. And then you share those things and you find out, oh my gosh, this person's nowhere near, you know, where I would want to be in this type of relationship at this stage in my life. All right. So just out of my own personal nosiness here, right? If Miss Linda's out, you're out, you know, you meet somebody nice, you're doing your thing. He asked you on the first date, hey, what are your deal breakers? What would go through your head? For me? Yeah. It would have, for me, it would have to be, I, I used to say this, they were the big A's. Okay. Adultery, addiction, or abandonment in their past. And that was just for me personally. And the reason those were my issues uh -huh. were because I had zero experience with any of those. So that doesn't mean that somebody who had a similar issue of that in the past wouldn't be a good partner for somebody else who also had a similar experience. I think those similarities make for good partners when they're overcome. Mm. But for me, I, I, I did when I was dating, I pretty much kind of had to say, um, 
this is nothing that I've ever done or experienced in my dating marriage experience of my entire life. And for me personally, those are my three. Well, I think but, everybody should should have three. Well, my okay. I appreciate you divulging that. But what I was more asking, like, what would you initially think if someone asked you that? What would kind of go through your oh, head? Oh, I would welcome it. I would. It would be a breath of fresh air, quite honestly, because too few people do that. Really? Yeah. Too few people do that. And getting yourself out there face-to-face with a stranger for the first time, it's unnerving for both people. Mm. And there's there's a degree of fear of rejection, of the unknown, you know, how, how do I navigate things? So what they're doing is they're just kind of walking on eggshells for weeks and weeks, and then maybe they become intimate. And then, like I said, they'll have the conversation after the fact, and then it kind of blows up, you know, one of the, or both per- persons' expectations and, and idea, because they've assumed it's a certain way, rather than just putting it out there from the beginning, respectfully, and being clear about it. So you think it's a good idea, then, that, like... Yeah. They, they c- know, clearly after- understand what the expectations are before they do that first roll in the hay. I think that would save a lot of heartache and a lot of frustration and disappointment on both sides. You know, some people would hear that and think that was kind of old-fashioned. Kind of what? Old-fashioned. Yeah, but, I mean, even though our dating culture has changed, human beings, dynamically, we have not changed that much when it comes to this topic. Yeah. So y'all hear that, listeners? Y'all supposed to talk about all that, get all that out. Before, before y'all jump in the hay and start rolling around and you know all yeah, that other stuff. And, and imagine how much more fun it will be when you do, because now you really understand this person, and having those things on the same page, it's going to make that that much better. Okay, yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that. Uh, uh, earlier, you were talking about commitment. Right. You know, is that just a commitment to a set like ideals? Is that a commitment to themselves that a commitment to a potential relationship yeah i think it's to to the potential relationship because some people are very clear going into the dating world and i've had clients this way that they have zero intention of ever getting married or let's say um they want marriage and they want it in two years if for instance it's a female and you know they have biological time clocks that are out of their control um I think knowing what your ultimate goal is and what it isn't is just being a responsible person that's dating in the world. Because too many times you know what you do and do want, do not want, yet you don't share that with the other person. And a, a woman, for instance, can lose the opportunity of ever having a child, dating a guy for five years, to then find out after the fact, oh, he's never going to marry me. But she didn't have the courage or the wherewithal to, you know, put that out there early on. Well, I gotta ask this. I mean, where? Why does this clock even have to be there? It's not, it's it's the woman's biological clock. After age thirty-five, her fertility drops significantly, and the risk of having a baby have birth defect or a miscarriage go up significantly. Well, 
uh, I mean, but, but these time constraints, you know, it's like these, it's like women out there, they're 27 or they're 28 and their friends are getting married and they feel like they're being left behind and stuff. I mean, who, who's creating, cause guys, men aren't doing this to women. Men aren't putting yeah. these time constraints on me. It's just her wanting to, you know, not be the last out of her group of friends. That's not a mature, <laughs> responsible reason to make a hopefully lifelong commitment to somebody. I mean, this whole I'm thing of, of like, you biology. know, I've been an uh, I've been a man, and I have heard these conversations, you know. Uh, women, you know, well, yeah, I would like to be married by this age, and I would like to have my first child by this. Age. It's like, what's up with this? Like, you know, right? right. What, what's up? Men with by nature are planners, and men by nature just are more kind of go with the flow. Which, when you're combined in a you know relationship or a marriage, it's a good balance, the yin and the yang. Mm. Um, that's kind of just a woman's nature. Again, but if she's simply doing it to keep up with her girlfriends or not be the last one, that's immature. And that's not somebody you want pressuring you into a marriage. That'll probably fail. But if she is feeling that way... If she, the child part. If she is feeling that way... If she is... a baby, that's a big deal. <laughs> if she is feeling that way, I mean, should she? when should she communicate that? Should she communicate that right away? I think within the first three months of a relationship, and this can be after the intimacy if they've faced, you know, what their minimal deal breakers are. Three months? Um, yeah, after, after no, I'm saying after three months of being in a relationship. So this is post the dating part, uh-huh. you know. Okay. And they all already understand each other's deal breakers, and that's been put on the table, and that's understood. I think she needs to then, she can assess in three months of a committed monogamous relationship if this guy is marriage material, and I believe he can as well. And I believe that's when the conversation of long-term, you know, timeline, you know, is this some, where do we see this going? You know, are we looking to just kind of ride this out for, Uh. you know, six months or a year? Are, Are we thinking... Marriage could be in our future. Yeah. And all the guy has to say is yes or no, and the girl has to say yes or no. And if it's a no, then you got to have a deeper conversation. If it's a yes, then let it be and enjoy each other and continue getting to know each other better and don't bring it up again for another six months, year. Uh, now, so you don't think that's too long in between? Not bring it up for six months? Because, I mean, if her timetable isn't his timetable... Well, it, it would depend on her biological issue in that case. If she's in her early 20s, mid-20s, she's got a decade. So, yeah, give it give it six, nine months a year. But if she's 34, then she might need to give it three, six months. If, if children is an absolute deal breaker, whether she can have them or not. And not, it's not the case with all women. But for those that really are committed to having children, they unfortunately do have that 35-year old cutoff that doesn't mean they can't have them until they're 40 or even early 40s, but it, it, it gets risky. Uh, it gets risky. I just think that there's a lot of ladies out there rushing a timetable, and I don't know what they're rushing. I mean, I know the whole thing of supposedly having kids later in life and the health risk. and all Women, that. yeah, women love commitment and security. 
whereas men don't need that extra factor to feel comfortable in the relationship. Hmm. Women, women kind of, they will flourish, quite frankly. You will see the best of her when you make a commitment to her. It's that wishy-washy uncertainty that does not bring out the best in a woman, unfortunately. And what about those women that when they get that commitment, they get that official title, they get that, they lose interest, and then they are ready to entertain a new offer? And the challenge is over. What about those? The men, the men do that, or the no, women no, no, after no, no, no. I definitely, I would definitely say there's many men listening to this right now that would say that there are a lot of women like that. As soon as it was official, or a title was given, or the commitment was given, they kind of lost interest, and you know. Well, those women are head cases who are playing games, and <laughs> you should be grateful that you dodged the bullet. <laughs> Oh, now, ladies, she said that. I didn't. I did say so, that. So you can look her up on LinkedIn, Linda Curtin, if you want to send her, if you want to send her a message and tell her. Works she, on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> that works on both sides. Oh. If, if, if all you're doing is if you're only after the chase, and this is all a game to you, and once the challenge or the chase has been, you know, accomplished and you're ready to go on to the next person, you are destructive and irresponsible in what you're doing to people's lives, and you shouldn't be dating until you get your head screwed on right. Oh my gosh, she said that. I didn't say that. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's irresponsible to jerk people around and break people's hearts because you're seeing it as a game. All right, so let me ask you this, in all fairness. No games, no no BS now, straight yeah. up. Okay. You being a lovely lady and working with women, right? How much of it is a challenge for women and their excitement is the challenge of the chase? Be honest. I don't think. I would say 70% of the women I've worked with, that's not a part of it at all. Okay. There's another 25 30% who maybe aren't even aware that it is part of the factor. But over 70% of the women sincerely are burnt out on the dating scene. They don't want, you know, the wiping, swiping, rotation stuff anymore. And they want the real thing. Mm, okay. So about 30% of them. Yeah, 25 to 30% are maybe not quite clear yet and that's why they're kind of going out there bouncing around and putting themselves and others in the process mm. right and they get the they get the the thrill out of the hunt of being hunted and being chased yeah yeah wow and that takes some awareness and some personal inventory and exploration to uh, come to the realization that you're even doing that. Some might be doing it consciously, and those are the ones you really need to look out for. Others might be doing it subconsciously, and they just haven't pinpointed what it's about or why. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. Because the last taping, we did a taping earlier today, and it was about these nice guys getting friend-zoned. It. And um, mm -hmm. 
that this was part of it that came up that the you know the guys are they're too nice they become too nice and they kind of become a doormat or you know uh it could be interpreted they're not standing up for themselves and it's like a woman won't respect a man that doesn't respect himself is what mm-hmm. you know the last host said is there some truth to that mm-hmm. but do you not i mean isn't i still think part of that falls into that that challenge of you know once the cat catches the canary, they're kind of, they're done. Well, if, if it's only about the physical, and it's only like the infatuation, then absolutely. But if it's about the whole person, physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual, perhaps, then there's so much more to explore. And women, when they know that you are solid and you are committed to them um, that's when they will be them best their best self because then that looming limbo feeling has has gone away quality women they put it that way and i think quality men the same way when you know where you stand and those questions are no longer lingering you have the freedom to now not hold back any part of yourself and be your best self in the safety of that commitment. Now that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you had a question that I want to get into, and then if we can, if you don't mind, I want us to take a couple of questions. We have some write-in questions. Um, sure. So the question you have, the question was brought up or was asked about women making the initial move. Right. So I want you to. I understand what you're asking, but just for the sake of listeners, you know, explain what exactly you mean by that question. Okay, so um, the issue of who makes the first move in terms of pursuing something more real, so that could be a phone call, meeting in person, just getting offline, mm-hmm. and expressing to the person, hey, I'd, I'd really like to take the next step here. Okay. Do men prefer women making that step? in today's dating culture, or would they prefer to be the one? Def- as in the old fashioned. Definitely want the women to do it. You definitely want the men to do it. Women. They men want the women men would welcome and would love and are relieved and celebrate when a woman does it. Okay. Now the reason behind that I understand is both men and women in those initial you know, meeting of somebody, we're both afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, both are equally afraid, both are equally not sure how to navigate that. However, the way women are wired, if she makes that first gesture or move, it sets her up subconsciously to always, let's say they go into a relationship, two months, three months, year, they get married, whatever. That's always going to be in the back of her mind that, was he really that into me? I mean, really. Did, did, did he just date me because I made it easy or because I initiated it? You know, he's going to subconsciously have this dynamic of, what if I never reached out to him? You know, would he have even pursued me? Now, the guy, on the other hand, 
I know it gives you guys reassurance and I totally get that. I tell women all the time, guys are just as nervous and, and afraid of rejection and not sure how to navigate it initially as you are. But the guy also can take the lead in that moment because he's now made that decision. And it does go back to old school, but I mean, you know, the world has changed in a lot of ways, but human beings haven't changed, romantically speaking, all that much. Mm -hmm. And it lets him take the lead and let him make that decision, which will set up a dynamic in the relationship where he has proven himself to be able to make a decision. And that makes the woman admire him in a way of being a strong guy, you know, who's decisive. All right, so back up. If the, you're saying, you said that if a woman makes the move first and things start off, they, you know, start trickling away, going you know, down the road, that it sets her up for starting to, in her subconscious, start second-guessing other decisions. Was he really that into me? What if I didn't say anything? Would we be where we are? That's what you said, right? Yeah, there's, there's the potential that that could subconsciously plant a seed okay. that could create an issue. Now, this is this is where we're going to have a hard conversation. Okay? If that's true, and I'm speaking on behalf of the male team here, why is that the man's problem? If you have a question, please send it in. Go to DwayneHill.com forward slash dating podcast questions duanehill.com forward slash dating podcast questions this has been a pick a card production adventure thank you for listening edited by logan dunbar sound supervisor logan dunbar additional editing by gabriel retori for more information go to duanehill.com or pickacardpro.com